The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we talk to Rachel Ryan, a parishioner at St. Stephen and a teacher in high school. She tells us her conversion story and what her life is like as a teacher. It's crazy. I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of what I've seen in my experience is people have some really strong feelings and I'm a people pleaser. You know, I'm not proud of that, but that's just part of who I am. Like that's part of my personality. So it's very hard for me to come into something that I didn't have, especially my family's approval on. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, the show for young adults uh, here in the Diocese of Nashville. My name is Zach Jansen. Uh, we're joined by Father Gervon uh, as our co-host here. Uh, but this week we have a parishioner at St. Stephen uh, over in the Mount Juliet Old Hickory area. Uh, this is Rachel Ryan. So Rachel, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here. Um, so is it right, nearly went through RCIA and the conversion? But yeah. we're happy to talk about that. But tell people a little bit about yourself and where you're from and kind of what brought you here to Tennessee. Yeah, um, so I'm originally from Augusta, Georgia. I moved up here, I guess it was almost uh, over 10 years ago now. So I went to school in West Tennessee Yeah. and went back home to try to find a job. This was back at, like at the start of the recession, so there were no jobs. <laughs> Even like I, I even asked like, can I just do work for free? Like I'll and no, nobody wanted me. So, I found a job <laughs> in Nashville. Um, two weeks later, moved up here. Had no idea where like where I needed to be. So I just found an apartment in Hermitage, and that was 2010. So yeah, I've been up here ever since. Let's see. The most of my life, I've been a Protestant. So I attended. Some Church of Christ churches up here. Yeah. Up until I guess it was about three years ago, and started dating a, a Catholic guy. And I told him, I was like, I will go with you. I like I'll visit, but I will never be Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, that's fine. So yeah, that was three years ago, and. <laughs> Now I'm a parishioner at St. Stephen's. And so I, what change? A lot, <laughs> um, actually. So, yeah, I would say for me, the change started happening about long before I met my boyfriend. Maybe five or six years ago, I, I was just, I had always attended the same church. Um, not the same congregation, but the same type of church, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And something just 
in my heart and my spirit was like, this isn't quite where I need to be, but I also don't know where I need to be. So I remember sitting in the parking lot, this was many years ago, like maybe six years ago, sitting in the parking lot before a service um, in tears, just like not knowing where I needed to be. And I didn't want to just go around and bounce churches and I I don't know. So I, I, I visited a lot of different places and nothing really took. So I just went back to where I was and just said, okay, God, until I'm clear on where you want me, I'm just going to be here. Mm. And then I met my boyfriend and this was like 2019 and we had actually been old friends and we just reconnected as new friends and he was of the same denomination as I had been a part of. Mm-hmm. And he converted to Catholicism when he, like many years ago, 13 years ago. Um, and I, so I, that was one of my first questions is like, so so, tell me about that. Like, that's a big change to go from Protestant to being a Catholic. And he told me a little bit about his story. And, um, and that's when I told him, like, that's, you know, as we started kind of moving toward dating, I was like, that's awesome that you you know, are close to Christ. And I was like, that's all we could ever want. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be Catholic. I'm not going to do that same thing. So we just kind of said like, I'll go to church with you. You go to church with me. Like, and that's what we were doing. We were going to two services on Sunday morning. (laughs) And then I don't know. I found myself, he was living in Memphis at the time. So sometimes he wasn't there. So I had no reason to go to mass, Mm -hmm. but I went anyway on my own. And first time I went to mass, I hadn't been since I was a kid. My my grandparents were Catholic when I was growing up and my dad grew up Catholic. But I hadn't been to mass since I was probably like seven. So first time I went, I remember being kind of scared just because there were so, there's so many things going on and I didn't really understand it. And I was afraid of offending someone without meaning to or I don't know. But I was also like, as I sat through the service, I mean, I was confused a little bit. I didn't really understand everything. But I remember just thinking how beautiful it was and just being blown away by the reverence of it and just being on your knees and, um, you know, holding up your hands and just the beauty of the service. So after that, after I was just kind of blown away and then I started attending on my own, then COVID hit. And like for me, I went through during COVID, I went through a long season of not knowing where I needed to be. I had started RCIA um, because I really, you know, early on after I'd first visited for maybe a month, I was like, I need to know more about this. I still didn't want to be a Catholic, but I wanted to understand the service and I wanted to be able to be a part of mass and just know what was going on. And yeah, when COVID hit months later, I, I went through kind of a dark season of just feeling confused um, and not really knowing where I needed to be at all. Church, I find, can be confusing for a lot of folks, especially as they're trying to figure out like where they need to be. There's a lot of options out there Mm -hmm. and people believe different things and present the gospel different ways and it can be very confusing. Um, and so for a while, I'll be honest, I was just like, I just don't want to go to any church. Hmm. And COVID gave me a nice excuse mm-hmm. for that. We would still like watch mass on Sunday and, uh, you know, on the TV and we would still like, I'd watch another service, but I didn't want to be anywhere. Cause I was just kind of mad, like 
as I was first figuring out that I had this draw toward Catholicism, when I when I spoke of that to my family, I was met with immediate um, disapproval and fear and that kind of like the bubble of joy that I had of like, this is beautiful and I really want to find out more was just like completely burst. So that was part of why I was mad as I was like, I really... I find this beautiful and I would love the chance to explore this, but I didn't feel like I had that permission. So several months went by. I really wrestled over the summer of like 2020. And I remember having a conversation with my boyfriend and I was, I was also like determined not to do this for a boy. Like that's not, that is not a reason to make a decision. Um, and I'm a very like independent person and, um, and I just, tr- I wanted it to be so clear to him. Like, if I do this, this is not for you. <laughs> and, um, and he's like, okay, okay. I know. Um, so I went through this season of, I needed space to figure out what I wanted for me. And I told him and I, you know, that summer in tears, I was just, cause I thought we were going to break up, but I was like, I, I don't know if I can be a Catholic. I just don't know. Like with these questions that I had of like, how's this going to affect my family and my relationships with my family and, um, just still being unsure of what I wanted because to me, the, at that moment, I was just like, man, I don't know. Like I thought I knew all these years what I was doing and now everything's different. Um, so I told him, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm going to be Catholic. And he was like, okay, (laughs) I still love you. And I was like, wow. So, which I know that that doesn't seem like a lot, but to have someone that will still stand beside you, even as you're not sure. And, um, and I know that kind of hurt his heart because he had kind of hoped, you know, that going through this RCIA thing that I would eventually see what he saw. I think, um, I think that hurts in a way, but I, th- I think uh, that's, that's almost a response you want to hear is okay and not, you know, no, what is wrong with you? You have to do it. But like like you yeah. say all the time, you, know, you can't control the past, the future, and you can't control other people. It, yeah. How can you speak about how it wouldn't be authentic if one was forced to? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, if you're forced, it, it doesn't. It's not your own conviction. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't. And I think that it's beautiful what you say. I don't want to do this for a boy or for anybody else, you know. Yeah. And I think conversion is the same process. You have to convert because you love God, not because it's an answer to somebody or because you're afraid or anything like that, because that would not work. Right, right. And that, yeah, that was for sure on my heart. Like, that's what I had been hearing from my family is like, you're you're changing for him or, and there was a, there is a lot of anti-Catholicism. I, I had no idea, to be honest. I guess I'm a little naive. I knew Catholics were different. I didn't even really know I was a Protestant. I just, yeah. I didn't really hear mm-hmm. those divisions. I don't know. I don't know why, but when you talk about other, you know, versions of being a Protestant, people don't have as much of a problem with it. When you talk about Catholicism, people either love it or hate it. It's crazy. I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of what I've seen in my experience is people have some really strong feelings and I'm a people pleaser. You know, I'm not proud of that, but that's just part of who I am. Like, that's part of my personality. So it's very hard for me to come into something that I didn't have, especially my family's approval on. So all of those things mixed in, still like knowing the Holy Spirit's leading me a direction, but wondering why it's got to be this one. Why does it have to be so hard? But 
that that summer, like just to kind of wrap up the conversion story, I, I guess there was a gap of like maybe two or three months where I didn't really tell anybody what I was doing. He was still in Memphis and I was like, I slowly stopped going to both services and I was only going to mass by myself. And, um, but I didn't tell him that because again, I didn't want him to think this was for him or wow. whatever. So when he would come into town, I was like, I would go with him just like normal, you know? And I was continuing with RCIA and I was talking with, with Scott, with our RCIA director and kind of working out details with him. And it was like a month before I was gonna be confirmed and Robbie came with me to like my final meeting. He didn't even know what was going on. And Scott just walked me through like, okay, here are the things we're gonna do. Here's what I need from you. Do you have any questions? And I was like, no, no, this, this all sounds good. And we left that meeting and Robbie goes, wait, what's happening? <laughs> and I was like, where have you been? I was like, I'm, I'm becoming Catholic. This is what I want to do. This is, and he's like, I had no idea. Like, <laughs> it blew his mind. And that for me was actually kind of good to see. Cause that helped that confirmed for me that I did this with the Holy spirit, like all those, um, this, this was a product. That decision was a product of a lot of prayer time. Um, a lot of long walks, a lot of tears, a lot of journaling. Along that journey, too, I read the Bible, um, the catechism. <laughs> like, I just wanted to understand what I was getting into. I'm also a reader, so that's part of why. But I read books about Protestants becoming Catholic and about Catholics becoming Protestant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just kind of learned a lot, and eventually the Holy Spirit was just like, look, you can read forever, you're never going to know everything. At some point, you've got to trust me. And I think the biggest thing about RCIA is that yeah, RCIA is not a machine of making Catholics. Mm -hmm. It's for those people who are wondering and are interesting, you know. Mm -hmm. And then maybe comes in a point that you say, thank you, but it's not for me. Yes. And that's perfectly fine. Yes. And I needed that. At the beginning, I needed, that's what I was there for. I was just there to find out about being Catholic. And Scott would tell me, like, you, this may not be where the Holy Spirit's calling you. If it is, that's beautiful. If it's not, that's okay, too. Like, mm. um, you just need to be where the Holy Spirit's leading you. And that, that was refreshing for me, um, especially coming from a, a group that had a totally different mindset, where, like, if you don't follow this path, you are going to hell. Like, it's not just that you're on a bad path, but, and that's how a good portion of friends and family um, view me now, you know. Is, Let's say, what, what is your, if I may ask, what does your family think now in 2021 as a? So I've been told that I'm an embarrassment to my family. That was probably the hardest. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And some of my family members just don't talk about it at all. We just don't talk about spiritual things anymore, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know. I, I have some family members, especially the ones that like grew up Catholic that are no longer Catholic, but um, that are more understanding. Like even my dad said, because my dad converted from Catholicism to Protestantism whenever mm -hmm. he met my mom. And he told me, he's like, you know, it's ironic. But he was like, you're following God just like I was trying to do. And he's like, that's all you need to worry about. And that to me, hearing that from my dad, um, mattered 
more than what any other friend could say. So I would say like that support was huge, but I don't have support from, you know, everyone. And that's, that's been hard. I, I think what I've been trying to learn is seeking approval from, from God alone and letting that be enough. Well, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing your, your story and your testimony. And I'm curious too, as you were speaking earlier uh, about your work now and kind of uh, your, all your education leading up to it, hearing about your time at yeah. universities here, uh, what is your life like as a teacher and how does that define who you are as uh, a person? Yeah, it's my past career. I spent the first 10 years as, um, as an editor. I started out as an in-house editor and did that for a few years. And then I worked, switched to working from home. So I was doing freelance editing and then started writing and, you know, tried to do the whole platform blogger thing. Because my, my work has mainly centered around Christian writing and, you know, in the Protestant world. So that was another like big thing for me is I was like, man, I may not have a job if I convert. Like, you know, I, I like the, the people I worked for were very much a part of this denomination. And if you aren't that like you're out. So it changed a lot of things, but God is still good. He's still opening doors and I'm thankful. But so that was, that was like the first 10 years, but I always knew, and I was saying this earlier, I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher from probably the time I was like seven or eight. But I valued the teachers that had real world experience. So I wanted to bring that into the classroom. So, yeah. So when my daughter was starting school, which was, yeah, no, she started 2020, kindergarten in 2020. So in 2019, when I was prepping for that, I was like, well, I guess it's time, you know, to start thinking about this second career. So I went back to school, um, got a master's in teaching. And originally I wanted to teach like throughout the years, I wanted always had a vision of like teaching in college and God really put it on my heart to teach public school and high school. Um, and that's where I am. And it's, I never, if he had asked me when I was getting my bachelor's, like, are you going to teach public high school? No, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to, I want to work in higher circles, you know, whatever. Well, what does that, what does that mean for you to teach? Like what, what's, what's the difference you're seeing as opposed to being a college yeah, I just, I wanted like to be challenged to work with, you know, students that wanted to be there, that paying to be there, like that whole mindset of like college being different than high school where they're just like, ah, uh, you know, I don't want to do, do anywhere. This. Yeah. <laughs> do I have to do this? Yes. yes. <laughs> where you're, you're not only teaching students, you're motivating students. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's a hard job, especially when they're 14. And that's, that to me, that was the difference. And I was like, I don't want to do that, you know, but I also like, there are a lot of things in my life that I didn't know I would ever do. And God has led me down that path. So absolutely no regrets. Like it is some of the most rewarding work I've ever done. Mm. I loved my work before. Um, and I still do that on the side, but working with these kids and getting to be a part of their lives and for them to write me a letter um, at the end of last year was just like, thank you for teaching me, but also like, <gasps> thank you for helping me learn to be a better human, like learn to be a better person. Like that's the kind of stuff, that's, that's why you do it. You know, I, I can tend to be kind of a workaholic and focused on the job. This has helped me um, to focus on people and really connecting with people. Teaching is super dynamic. No day is the same. <laughs> you know, they come at you with different problems. Last year I joked that 
I had a therapy chair in my room. Like I, I just set a chair next to my desk and kids would come in, you know, with whatever <laughs> and the world issue. was ending. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just, all right, why don't you sit down? We'll talk about it. And then, you know, this was kind of funny last year where I, was, I would, thought I was in their shoes, but I misunderstood. <laughs> um, this, this girl was talking to me, we were writing stories and, um, she was telling me what she wanted to write about. And I thought she said her dad had died like six months ago. And I'm almost in tears, like listening to her talk about it. And I'm just like, man, like, I am so sorry. Later, I figured out it was her cat. But all of those same emotions that I showed, because it mattered that much to her, like she was conveying so much emotion that I really thought her dad had died, but it was her cat, you know? And my adult self was just like, okay, like let this, you're gonna be okay. But when I was trying to like get into their head, it was like, no, like this really does matter to her that much. Mm. So, you know, those kinds of things where I try to step out of, you know, the perspective you have as an adult of how small these problems can be that they face. They're everything to them in that moment. Yeah, I think I have that <clears throat> that experience when, you know, especially when kids come to their first com- confession. Yeah. You know, because it's like, okay, I have to put myself in their lives. Yeah. Yes, you hit your brother. That's a more, you know, like, yeah. so that kind of, how am I going to be present for them where they are? Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah, don't do that anymore. You know, like, whatever first graders, second graders have as a scene, but it's like, yeah, this is serious for them, and this yeah. is probably the worst thing that they ever did in their lives. Yeah. And they are coming here to, you know, bring their hearts in a place that they need because they know that they did it and it was wrong. Yeah, yeah, and they need you to take that seriously. Yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly the same. Like, that's how I feel is I just have to be careful, you know, with how I respond, you know, to their breakups and their questions and their, you know, the things that they, you know, oh, man, Miss Ryan, I had such a rough night. I had to go to band practice, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's, how about that's when you rough? start to work? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. When but they, it's where they are. In, in, it is. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a big part of life is meeting people where they're at. Uh, yeah. and, and to take them where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, just seeing how life is, is uh, struggles are different, too, like with the social pressures, social media, the fact that yeah. they have a, the whole world in their pocket is, yeah. is knocking at their door all yes. day. Yeah. yeah, and I think in a, in a, in a public school... Sandy is even worse because nobody is there for a reason. Yeah. You know, nobody believes everything. So if you were in Catholic school, it's like yeah, everybody's Catholic. Or at least you know by going there, you're going to have this Catholic mentality, or you know. Yeah. And then with society today, with all the crazy stuff that's going on, that, you know, you can believe whatever you want or whatever. It's like, whoa, where am I? Yes. And most, how can yeah. I help? And I think the, the, the question is like, how can I be Catholic to those people? Yeah. Because... Like you said, maybe that's the only Catholic person that they're going to met in their whole life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most of my kids, um, that we did an assignment last year, and we were talking about truth and is there right and wrong. Most of them believe there's there's not a hard right and a hard wrong. Um, pretty much everything is relative, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's hard ground to 
maneuver around, like to to help them um, make decisions. And a lot of my job is listening. Being in the situation that I'm in, I I can talk about my faith outside of school, but not in school. Mm-hmm. Nor would I really want. I don't want to pressure them you know so, like they they look up to you and that can be easy to take advantage of um, and it's easy to think you have all the answers because you're 15 years older and you've had a little more life experience than they have but that's not true and just because I think something doesn't make it what they need so I, I would say mostly what I try to do is listen and that I feel like is sometimes what they need most of all because a lot of these kids are not going home to a house where parents are there and parents are available. And that's no fault. You know, I'm not trying to just, you know, disparage the parents who are working, but that's kind of the society we're in. So, you know, they're on their devices because there's no one to talk to. So I don't know. I I think that is something that God's put on my heart of just like being a good listener, being there, being available. And when they have as much as like I'm in the middle of an email you know, but they come, Miss Ryan, can I talk to you for a second? Like, that's what I'm there for. Yep. More than to teach them English, more than to make sure we get our, our state test, whatever. I'm there for those moments. And if I can remember that, I think that's what Jesus has me there for. And regardless of whether I'm able to, you know, openly talk about my faith, I think they can still see God's light through compassion and kindness and mercy and and really even like having someone who cares about them as far as like holding them accountable and giving them responsibility and believing in them and pushing them. You know, I think all those sorts of things are ways that I can witness without saying the words. And, and I do, you know, there are several kids that I go to church with that see me there and I see them there and, um, I think that's a good opportunity for them to see me in a different setting. Mm-hmm. And with if it ever came up, you know, have a conversation about faith because we're in a different setting. But yeah, it's that's something I think about a lot. It's like, God, how are you using me here? And am I doing that? Am I fulfilling that? Oh, that's beautiful, Rachel. Thank you for sharing just what your life is like as a teacher and how you just make an impact. Uh, what, what makes us human, I guess, that, that, that relationship with, with people like that. So thank you for sharing your testimony yeah, and welcome. your story. Uh, thank you, Father Javon, as well, for all, all your insight and everyone in our listening audience as well. A uh, special thank you to Jim Crow. does a lot with our, our filming and setup and hard work with the show. Uh, remember, you can find our show uh, wherever you get your podcast uh, by searching for Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. Uh, we're also available on NashvilleCR.com or 100.5 FM. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio.